Rito back at the wall. Adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 49 of the Bags in Brisbee podcast. This is the Javier Lopez edition of the Bags in Brisbee podcast, which means that we are going to be good at uh, one thing, but we're going to be really, really good at that one thing. Uh, Andy, what's that one thing? Uh, that one thing is if it's only facing left-handed batters, let's make sure we can get in a time machine and be really good at that thing from like the 2010 to 2015 range, because in 2020, um, probably it's going to be a more marginalized skill, unfortunately. Oh, that's a good point. This podcast uh, needs to stay in for all three batters. Uh, yeah. We have, we have no choice, so the bad stuff's just going to come out. Um, how you doing, Andy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I am doing well. Uh, a little dispirited by the, the last update of Giants news that we have, which is that Tyler Beatty has uh, problems with his elbow. What is he? Flexor strain? Uh, elbow sprain. These are all, uh, it's, it's all sort of code for Ow, and he needs probably to get that fixed with surgery. Although the Giants haven't committed to that yet. So there's always that path of uh, sometimes the rehab does work and it, it, Tommy John is not needed. But either way, we're not going to see Tyler Beatty for a while, which is a shame because he was off to a, a strong start stuff wise this spring. Yeah, yeah, and just just for uh, for background, we were sort of ships passing in the desert, if such a thing can make sense. Um, you arrived in Arizona the day that I left uh, last Thursday, and I'll be getting back uh, back there shortly after taking a week off. And um, and you were there in the interim, so neither one of us saw uh, for the day that Beatty spoke to reporters, but he did say that uh, you know it's seventy percent plus intact, and they do think that they can rehab it. But you're get, he's going to miss a significant amount of time regardless. Uh, you know, in best case scenario, he can rehab this, avoid Tommy John surgery, and he doesn't lose all of the twenty twenty season. You know, worst case scenario, obviously he he undergoes surgery. Um, but either way, it's it's a big blow because you know you had this guy that that for all the the ways that that he was sort of being yo-yoed around or 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 ways that he would make a, st- a step forward on the development track and then sort of step back a little bit. The one thing he always was was healthy and durable and able to take the ball. And uh, and obviously this is going to be a big setback to that. And 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 this season. You know, you don't think about, well, you know, Madison Bumgarner getting hit with the line drive in his last spring start or, 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 you know, teams getting out of spring training healthy. That's the goal for every contending club. But it's almost doubly worse, I think, when it happens to a club that doesn't expect to contend, but is looking for morsels and, and glimmers of light and reasons to be hopeful. And and one of them just uh, just got dimmed a little bit. Uh, Tyler Beattie was definitely one of the reasons to look forward to this season. And uh, and so that's uh, that's gosh darn disappointing news for the Giants and, and for the fans. It's one of the things where, you know, I've done a lot of radio uh, and podcasts for for other networks and I'm brought on as the guide who's previewing the giant season or, or can give some sort of insight and my job was to go out there and, and spread the gospel of Tyler Beatty because you can't just look at his year right you can't just look at at, at how many home runs he gave up last year although you know you can certainly factor them into your analysis uh, 
I was impressed generally with the stuff. Uh, maybe not the command, maybe not the control, maybe not the home run rate, rate but I saw a picture of that with a, a couple of tweaks. Something could go really, really right. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it was you who brought up Jason Schmidt or someone else, uh, but just, you know, Jason Schmidt is this sort of marginal major leaguer. Uh, he's in his mid-20s. He's got this stuff, but it's never quite clicked for him. And then there was just that the dial was turned one half click to the right. And, oh, now you're Jason Schmidt. And I'm not saying that was going to happen with Tyler Beatty, but every fifth day when I watched, I was going to look for that click. I was going to look for that adjustment, and maybe it would never come. But it's still one of the reasons why I wanted to watch the 2020 Giants. Yeah, and I think Schmidt's a great uh, comparison. And also, you know, you know that Tyler Beatty is going all in on all the things that are being brought to him, ways that he can make subtle changes and change his spin rate or change his pitch repertoire. And you know that he had the aptitude and the smarts to do it. And who's been around high-level coaching his whole life. And you got this sense that he was starting to really put it together and really understand who he was as a pitcher and as a person on the mound. And now that uh, process is going to be interrupted. So... You know, it's always next man up, but uh, it is a tough blow for the Giants. And even if they do have other people who can take those innings, it's not quite the same as when you're developing someone who can throw you really, really quality innings on the next really good Giants team, which could be down the road. Right, right. And that is one of the areas where the Giants uh, perhaps don't have a lot of immediate help in the minor leagues, where you're talking about maybe you're folding in Elliot Ramos, maybe you're folding in Joey Bart this year. You've got different position players who might come up, but you don't really have, other than Sean Jelly, a whole lot of pitchers that you haven't seen before that are a great mystery. You've got Logan Webb, who was mixed in last year. You've seen Connor Menez. But is there that guy behind Beatty? I guess Seth Corey would be one of them. But that's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, it, the depth of the upper minors with pitching isn't so great. And Beatty was a part of that. Yeah, you got to go down to Gregory Santos. You got to go to, um, like you mentioned, Seth Corey. Um, you know, I, and I do think that's not the end of the world. We've seen some pretty darn smart teams like the Cubs and Astros uh, find a way to acquire the frontline starting pitching that they need or that they want and, and build around a core of position players. You know, it's like, well, let's let's give the, the $6 million bonuses to the position players that we draft at the top of the first round because there's less uh, attrition uh, with, with the position player prospects than there is with pitching, pitching prospects. And let's go ahead and, and pay a lot of our money to the guys who have sort of gone through the wars and have shown you what they can do, what their value is. And uh, so it's not the worst way to develop. And I think it's actually, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants take that track and, and keep looking to develop as many young position players as they can. But at the same time, you know, it's I think that there's nothing that can take a team uh, from being watchable to unwatchable uh, faster than just not having a lot of starting pitching or not having a lot of interesting pitching that, that can come up. I mean, it's just you just get boat racing, you're out of games so fast. Um, so, yeah, you know, BD was going to be a big part to them sort of re re kickstarting this this pitching pipeline that they had with Lincecum, with Kane, with Bumgarner. Doesn't have to be how they build the next winning Giants team, but you're never going to turn down a guy who's healthy, durable, has intriguing stuff and an intriguing arm. And and obviously, uh, Tyler Beatty's taking uh, taking some knocks here, but um, you know he's a guy that they still think a lot of. So I can think of one example where uh, a pitcher opted 
to rehab rather than, than have the Tommy John surgery. And I'm sure there are others out there, but the only one, I guess it's the most famous one, is Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, he got injured in 2014, midway through his rookie year. And at the time, it was like, well, you know, see you later for a year. And when they said, well, no, he's going to rehab and, and not have surgery to, to fix the partial tear. You know, I remember thinking, gosh, don't you just want to get this over with? Isn't don't you don't you want him back out there healthy and you know what you've got? Well, he opted for rehab and then he came back and he was pretty darn good. Uh, he made 24 starts the next season, uh, 31 starts the year after that. He finished seventh in the Cy Young voting. So there is a, a precedent for someone who doesn't get surgery. So uh, uh, Beatty says it's 70 percent intact. That's that's a good sign. And you know, maybe we don't see him again this year, but maybe. The Giants feel comfortable. They feel comfortable folding him back in, but it could happen. So it's it's not all dire news, I suppose. Yeah, and one guy who who did it that way last year was Trevor Gott. You know, he oh, had a right. he had the exact same thing. He had a, a, a partial um, a flexor strain, and he had a UCL sprain. And we all thought, well, that's it. See you in twenty twenty one. And uh, he rehabbed it, and he said, really, his groin issue was even a, a bigger deal that he had surgery for. So. Um, you know, and he's back, and he's he looks like he's got a lot of arm speed, and he's throwing well this spring. And heck, he could be the clo- closer on this year's team. Obviously, a different different role as a reliever instead of a starter. But you know, it's uh, uh, I I really would be interested to know just where technology is in terms of rehabbing some of these injuries and avoiding Tommy John surgery because. You know, there are a lot of things that they can do with the PRP injections and ways to stimulate the healing. Um, and, and I'm sure that all those things will be on the table for, for Tyler if he decides not to, uh, to have the procedure and, and to try to rehab this. All right. Well, speaking of someone who did have Tommy John surgery and did it the uh, slightly more conventional way, and he's back, Johnny Cueto. And so we're going to talk about Johnny Cueto. By the time you guys listen to this, he will have made one more start um, as we speak. They're getting ready to start uh, Giants Dodgers under the lights, Cueto versus Kershaw. Uh, But I do know what I saw with Cueto's first start, and it was short, it was sweet, and it was good. And I'm looking forward to Johnny Cueto this year, just from an aesthetic standpoint, but also he could still be a part of the next good Giants team. I think people are, are underestimating the chances of a young team improving enough to contend in 2021. I'm not saying it's the most likely path, but yeah, I don't know. They could arrive a year early, and then you would want Cueto to be a part of that next good Giants team. How many pitches did you see Cueto throw in two innings? Uh, I don't know, two innings. It was like seven pitches in the, the first two minutes, X seconds. I mean, it was it was over before a commercial break would have been over. It was just That's awesome. Done. Yeah. I will quick pitch every pitch, and then I will be done. <laughs> and then I will go pretend to do my running and then go home. Yeah, perfect. And afterward, he was asked, he said, uh, do you have a way to let Joey Bart know that you're about to do a quick pitch? He said, no, no, no. Joey's got to figure that out. So, <laughs> so fair enough, fair enough. But he uh, he looked good, and it was it was a tremendous. I mean, the Giants' starting pitching has looked good this spring. I know that doesn't mean a whole lot, and the pitchers are probably ahead of the hitters. Uh, but at the same time, you have Cueto and Kevin Gaussman looked like an all-world beating pitcher when he did. You know, he he was so efficient in his two innings that he went down to the bullpen and threw another twenty pitches just to get his work in. Uh, so that's sort of the state of the Giants starting pitching in Scottsdale. But Cueto, to me, and I wrote about this, he's so attached to the idea of a good time with the Giants this year. Just 
thinking they're going in the right direction, having fun watching the games that he pitches, maybe a little bit of forecasting to 2021. If he's going well, there's a lot more to look forward to. And I mean that on a day-to-day level, but also on the macro level of this, the whole season and, and all of next year. Cueto has a huge part still with how you're going to enjoy the Giants season. Yeah, and uh, I wrote about him last year when I went down to do a Marco Luciano story in um, Phoenix in extended spring training where those uh, kids from the Dominican were basically just waiting for like three months, just doing workouts and scrimmages, waiting for the Arizona League to start in uh, in June. And uh, and did my Luciano story, and Johnny Cueto was there every day working with all of these young kids as he's rehabbing uh, from Tommy John surgery. And he's pushing them through workouts, and he's making them do way more stuff than they thought they would do. And, uh, you know, one of the kids is saying, you know, I would say, one, two, three. And I'm like, what is that, one of the workouts? He's like, no, that's what I had to do to get myself out of bed in the morning. I had to, like, rock forward and backward and forward again because I was so sore from the workouts he put me through. And he'd take these kids to his uh, the place he was renting in Arizona and, and, and just give them big-on, full-on barbecue feasts that his, his brothers, a chef, would prepare. Um, and, and you know, you think how invested he is in, in, in these kids. And at a time when they're away from home for the first time and they're still learning English and you know, getting accustomed to a whole new country, and they're you know, maybe 18, 19 years old. I mean, that's invaluable, not just as a teammate uh, or someone in your organization, but just, just as on a human level. I mean, he, he's such a generous person in that way. And I'll watch him when he's throwing, uh, playing catch, when these guys are loosening up before they start their workout. And every day he picks somebody different that he will uh, work with. And the other day it was Melvin Adone. And he's working with Adone on his arm speed and, and his release point. You know, and I mean, it's he gets in there. And it's a very, very active lesson. And you know that, that Johnny Cueto, who's won 100 games in the big leagues, and maybe he's like fifth or sixth all time among Dominican pitchers, you know, these kids really listen to everything he says. And he's setting a great example for them. So um, not only what he ha- can do on the mound and, 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 and this pitching staff that needs a leader now without Madison Bumgarner, but just the, what he's doing for the entire organization, I think, is pretty unsung and, and pretty cool to watch. All right, let's take a pause, and we're going to talk about one of our sponsors. Andy, if you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the United States have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Uh, a week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash Giants for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Giants for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So real quick off uh, the top of your head, Johnny Cueto, a a coach one day? Um... I, you know, I, I don't know. I think that Johnny's got a lot of life to live, and uh, he's got a lot <laughs> of a Instagram stories to do. That's um, a good point. He's got a lot of jet skis to ride, a lot of horses to ride. I don't know if he's going to want to lock himself into the 162-game the grind uh, on a coach's salary. I, I'm going to go no on that, but yeah. um, but I think that he, he – maybe he can be that guru on, on, on the top of the mountain uh, that you can go visit. That's a good point. I really, truly enjoy my job, and I don't take it for granted, and I know how lucky I am. But if you had to 
give me a choice between doing whatever the hell I want and having the means to do it anywhere in the world I wish to do it, I, I don't know. That sounds pretty attractive. So I, I forget how much of a grind and, and how it takes a special kind of person to to be Ron Wotus to, to just come back every year because they, they love the game. Uh, I love writing and I love baseball, but I don't. Some of those Instagram pictures he posts look just delightful. There's like a barbecued fish. There's water. I I don't know. That sounds pretty darn tempting. That's a good point. Yep. Yep. Johnny lives a lot of life. He uh, he definitely does not cheat himself. And you know, with Cueto, I think we're caught between two truisms. And the first is that when a pitcher gets into his mid thirties, especially a pitcher with a little bit of mileage, a pitcher who's already had Tommy John surgery, you maybe shouldn't predict rainbows and sunshine for him for the rest of his career. He's on the, you know, over the, the wrong side of the, the age 30 curve. He's already had the, the mileage and the injuries. But then the other truism is that you've always thought that Johnny Cueto would be someone who aged well, who aged a little bit more like Levon Hernandez, who uh, has guile, who has uh, repetition, he's got muscle memory. And even when he's kind of going a, a little bit south in velocity, well, you saw Greg Maddox pitch into his 40s, and obviously Cueto's on a different tier than Maddox, but you see them as sort of at least in the same genre of pitcher, where it's smarts, it's command, it is stuff, maybe better stuff than he gets credit for sometimes. Uh, so how do you parse those two truisms? Like, you see the older pitcher, but you also have this guy who's a very unique pitcher in, in which side do you err on? Oh, I think it's a great point. And it's going to be a really interesting year to watch Johnny Cueto, the pitcher, because, you know, he was going along at what, 15 and one or 14 and two, whatever his record was, and going to the all-star break in 2016, when the Giants were basically at the apex of, hey, you know, we look like we're going to cruise to another World Series here in 2016. And then and then everyone fell off a cliff. And, and Johnny's second half performance also tailed off. And, and and part of that coincided with the the real sort of cresting of this launch angle revolution and how the Giants weren't really matching up. And, you know, the next year, I think it's easy to throw out 17 for Cueto because we know he was pitching hurt. Uh, but how does his stuff play against, uh, you know, launch angle focused hitters? I, I don't think we've gotten a real barometer of that yet. And is he going to have to do something fundamentally different I don't know. I'm I'm not quite sure. His his whole thing is disrupting timing, so you think that should work regardless of what your swing plane is. But uh, I think from from that standpoint, it's going to be a really interesting season for Johnny Cueto. Interesting to watch him from start to start and see how his stuff plays. And I that was one of my points when the Giants signed Drew Smiley. Is that Smiley has pitched so infrequently over the last few years, it, you can't take his stats from 2014 or, or whatever and apply them to this. We, we just don't know. You know, last year he had one of the highest home run rates ever, ever. And is that something that is just going to uh, be fixed with a little shaking off of the rust? Is it something that can be worked on analytically? Or is this just who Drew Smiley is now? And that also applies to Cueto. Is this just, you know, something Cueto's got to deal with? Is he going to give up 35 home runs every year? And you have to work around that and live with it. Oh, that's kind of why we're going to watch. Yeah, but you know what? The better the pitching is, the, the, the more the Giants can hang around and, and win win games, you know, and, and, sure. uh, and figure it out on the offensive side. I mean, that's the biggest thing that they can do to take a step forward in terms of wins and losses, especially at home. I mean, we all know if if they pitch well at home, they have a chance. It kind of reminds you of a lot of those Padre teams that, that weren't very good, but they could play you, you know, two to one, three to two at Petco and, and find a way to win games. And and uh, that's going to be a big key, I think, not only for Cueto and 
Uh, but for everybody else in that starting staff, Smiley and Gossman, obviously Beattie, uh, you know, won't be a part of it at least to start. But um, I, that's the that's the quickest way the Giants can go uh, back to being competitive, especially at home, which uh, you know obviously is 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 not the number one goal this season. It's development, but it sure makes it a lot easier to watch them if they're winning. Yeah, and and one thing I can do with with every member of this staff is I can say their name, think about it, and go, yeah, I can see that. Uh, you know, Cueto, of course, yeah. You know, I can see him returning to form. Samarja, uh, you know, perhaps he was a little bit on the more fortunate side last year when you look at the batted ball data, but I, I could see him being a viable major league starter. Kevin Gaussman, yeah, sure, I could see that. Uh, that's it. I, I think the Tyler Beattie, when I was comparing him to Jason Schmidt, Gaussman's the one that I heard someone compare to Jason Schmidt. So uh, I could see that. The stuff's still there. Drew Smiley, I don't know. He's great when he was healthy. So like every time, Logan Webb, sure. You know, maybe maybe this is the area he takes a step forward. It's the collective you just know it's not all going to work out like that. You know that there's going to be a Derek Rodriguez-like surprise where someone's just not viable in the starting rotation. It's Drew Pomerantz needs to move to the bullpen, that sort of thing. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to watch. But at the same time, oh, maybe it all clicks into place and the Giants are a little bit more interesting than you give them credit for. At least they have the guys in there where you can point to them and say, I get why they're there. There have been seasons where you look at it and it's like, you know, blessed high block, but ooh, like that is that is real depth pitching right there. Um, yeah, and I yeah. don't think the Giants have that right now. Yeah, I think we can look on the offensive side and see a Jalen Davis and think, you know what, he might break out and hit thirty homers. We don't, we he probably won't, but maybe right. he will. Maybe Chris Shaw will. Maybe Austin Slater will with this new swing. Um, you know, maybe they'll get between Dickerson and Pence. They'll both stay healthy and they'll get uh, thirty homers out of left field for the first time since Barry Bonds. Um, you know. So, but I think that's more on the offensive side. On the pitching side, you're right. We don't have that many upside plays. There's just a lot of, okay, that guy could be, you know, pretty okay kind of plays. Yeah. And if they're all pretty okay, hey, they're pretty okay. But, um, you know, it's, it's it, at least they're interesting. And there's a number of people who you could see being productive big leaguers. And like you said, you know, we've had a lot of people with very limited upside. And, uh, and you kind of know going into the year that they're a placeholder and, and not much more. Um, so, and, and plus you, you root for guys like Smiley and Gossman to work out because, Hey, maybe you trade them and you can, uh, you know, try to sort of inject some, some more into the farm system and, and speed up that reboot a little bit. So those are all good reasons to, uh, to be invested in these guys performing well. Yeah, it's all a great point. I think you overlooked when you were talking about the offense going through Jalen Davis, Chris Sean, all that you forgot about the, the, the best case scenario for me. Billy Hamilton going for 130. Billy Hamilton chasing that Ricky Henderson record. Uh, I don't know why it can't happen other than, you know, physical limitations and sense uh, <laughs> and, and uh, logic, but I'm I'm here and willing to try it. So I if that's how the Giants get back to respectability, hey, I'm all for it. 150 pinch running appearances. That's 150 opportunities to steal a base. Why not? Oh, Andy, it's 300 opportunities to steal a base. Oh, uh, well, 450, <laughs> guess, actually. 450. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, well, let's move on to, to 100 Pence because I went to the uh, debut of Hunter Pence in the on the 2020 Giants, the, the spring debut of Hunter Pence. It was on the road uh, as far – I mean, it was still in Scottsdale. It was uh, uh, Salt River Fields. It was um, – on the road, but he's still got quite the ovation. He's still Hunter Pence, very popular. Everyone's looking forward to him. Uh, should we? 
I mean, should we be looking forward to Hunter Pence? How excited should we be? How often is he going to play? Uh, should we be a little concerned that his spring didn't start until now or was just just par for the course for someone who's finished last season with an injury and is a little bit uh, on the uh, older side? Uh, what are you expecting out of Hunter Pence? Yeah, there's there's somebody on Twitter who, like, every week will send me a tweet saying, what are you hiding? Hunter Pence hasn't played yet. Why is no one <laughs> reporting on this? It's like... Buddy, it's the Cactus League. It's spring training. It doesn't matter. They've been slow playing guys for years, but um, but yeah, you know you're right. We all kind of forget in the in the the warm, happy glow of Hunter Pence coming back that he did end his season with a back injury and uh, didn't do a whole lot in the second half after he was a surprising All Star. Um, so yeah, they've brought him along slowly. I think they realize that they don't need to get him heated up so fast in the spring. Um, and, and his health is going to be something that we watch throughout the year, uh, no question. But, um, you know, I would expect that he's somebody who's going to get about 200 at-bats if he's there the whole year, and he's going to start against uh, left-handed pitching. Um, you know, maybe not all left-handed pitching, but, you know, he's a guy who can be a DH candidate at times. I don't think he's going to block at-bats from people who who uh, need them or who otherwise warrant them, uh, but he's definitely going to... I think help along Alex Dickerson, um, you know, maybe provide a little sock in the middle of the lineup. You know, maybe if Hunter Pence is healthy against lefties, you don't need to bat Buster Posey fourth anymore, which he hasn't right. really been a cleanup hitter for years. That's not fair to him that he's been in that slot. So I think he's a support guy, and, and he's a guy who's who's there to, you know, for fans to cheer as well, and that, that's part of the business. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't expect that he's going to maybe put up the same amount of war as he did with the Rangers, because you know, I, I we, we kind of forget that it's a lot easier for him to to uh, put up numbers when he's DHing. I mean, anytime yeah. he starts, he's gonna be playing the outfield, and, and and that's a toll on on the legs on the body. So, um, but you know what? He's he's in a good place. He's got a guaranteed deal. It's not the kind of deal like uh, Jan Hervis Delarte and, and Gerardo Parra had last year, sure. where they could get cut and they could save paying those guys, you know, uh, termination pay by a, by forty five days. I mean, he's got a guaranteed contract, so you know he's in this for the long haul as long as he's healthy. And uh, and and yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It's it's he's going to do a lot for that clubhouse, and I think he already has. When you look at you know what these veterans have, are saying and, and and the way they're re- reacting to this coaching staff that's younger than them. Uh, Evan Longoria, Brandon Crawford, Buster Posey, Brandon Belt. These guys are determined. They're on board. And I think that uh, I think Hunter Pence and Pablo Sandoval have a little hand in that in really helping everybody get on board and get excited about you know what they can do together. For more content of this episode, visit theathletic.com slash bags and brisbee.